You are listening to the Kansas City Podcast Network. Talent-driven, FCC-free. Check out our show lineup, videos, events, and more over at kcpn.org. The voices of Kansas City, unfiltered. to an all-new edition of the Tailgate Podcast. I'm Aaron, joined by Ty and Duncan, as always. Duncan, it was a rough week. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah I, uh, I, I was mentioned before the show, and I even said yesterday in the text, text uh, chat, I was like, yep, I threw my shot, and I missed horribly. Yeah. I mean, barring the Ravens and Seahawks coming through for you, it was a really rough week. If that game ever even ends up happening, exactly, it's like that's yeah. it's been moved for what three times now. Yeah, it's now I mean, Wednesday. I mean, I saw yeah, it's on Wednesday. And I remember seeing something where Harbaugh, I think on Thursday, said that no no players will be allowed into the facility until Monday at the earliest. And it's like, well, they, and that was before they moved the game away from Sunday. It's like, uh, just just can, cancel the game. Right yeah. at this point, no doubt. I know and they I, don't want to use that week eighteen option, but it's their best bet right now. Well. And it's the Ooh, reason hey, it hasn't been canceled is because they're not going to cancel it. They're going to force them to forfeit. Right. And I think, I, like, the forfeit rules, I don't know how the NFLPA missed this, but if a team forfeits, not only do they not get a game check, but their opponent doesn't get the game check either. So even though the That's Steelers nice. would have no bearing whatsoever on the decision to forfeit the game, yeah. the Steelers players still wouldn't get a game check. Yeah, there's no benefit to them. It, I mean, yeah, they get the extra win. Which they're undefeated, so that helps them in the. I'd be race so pissed. One seed. I'd be so pissed if it ended up them being like fifteen and zero, and the Chiefs fifteen and one, and they get the one seed based off of one of their victories being a two and a technical two zero victory over the Ravens. Right. <laughs> be awful. Uh, but updated standings: tie with a four and zero week. It moves to six games ahead of. Yeah. Uh, it is. Yeah, we haven't had one. Ty has the Steelers and the Seahawks. Ooh, 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 ooh. So very, very possible <clears> to get that. Uh, oh, this week just got worse. <laughs> undefeated week. Uh, I'm sitting at 3-1 and one with also the Steelers and the Seahawks. And as you said, Duncan's sitting at 2-2 two and two on the week uh, with the Ravens and the Seahawks. And the Seahawks are not looking good in this game either so far against the Eagles. No. No, it's kind of a sloppy game. But luckily, they play Carson Wentz. True. Or maybe Jalen Hurts. We just saw him come in for a play. Um, I saw Hurts was getting, yeah, he was getting some uh, some starter reps this week. That's good because the way Carson Wentz has been playing this year, I mean, we can interceptions and fumbles. And, and that that infamous stat line he put up last week that oh, he was only man. the second quarterback in the last 20 years to do so. God. I think – I think it's funny that the Eagles and Carson Wentz had the, or Carson Wentz specifically on the Eagles had the reverse effect of what Jordan Love did to Aaron Rodgers and the yeah. Packers. <laughs> was he was just, Carson Wentz is like, oh no, they drafted my replacement. I must suck at everything. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is just flame throwing everybody. Well, not everybody, but uh, well, Wentz probably just sits there. They're just like, oh, they drafted me a really good backup, man. That's that's awesome. Like, that's awesome. That's cool. He's, I can be a mentor to this guy. Yeah, and then he's probably going to be replaced by the end of the season, depending on if, how tonight if goes. P if Peterson actually wants to win this division, 
which we'll uh, get to in a little bit, the NFC East Hot is, potato. <laughs> is just not at all what any of us expected this year. Actually, pretty much the exact opposite. Yeah. Do you okay. want to win? No. You want to win? No. Yeah. No. You? You? Well, I, I like how we t- talked about last week because I, I said that I, I liked uh, Washington to win out the division. Mm-hmm. And we did talk about – and we'll talk about the games that they have to play later right. with all the different teams. And then you guys said the New York Giants. And I was like, you know what? That's actually a pretty good call. And then – Daniel Jones. Yeah. yeah. Not a significant injury. I was looking into that. Oh, uh, I thought it was from what I heard. No, they okay, say good, there's, good, good. there is a chance that he plays this week. Um, good. Get him on the field. He's better with it. Absolutely. I don't even know who their backup is. I didn't really um, know. Colt McCoy. Yeah, McCoy okay. was in there. Colt yeah. McCoy. Okay. He did not look good. No. Yeah. He was, I mean, has never been good in his career. No. So, uh, but yeah, the hotly contested NFC East. Uh, actually, let's just get into that because it's probably the least exciting thing that we're going to talk about overall dallas, or the most exciting yeah. dallas washington <laughs> yeah uh dallas washington was looked like a pretty solid game for about three quarters. for antonio gibson no for like just the product on the field <laughs> like because of the level mm-hmm. of competition uh was at the same level and then zach martin and uh, Terrence Steele went down, and it was a complete disaster for Dallas the rest of the way. Well, it was it was him and and Irving went down too, and yeah. like Cam Irving, and it was all these linemen. That's, who, that's what I meant, Cam Irving. And they were Terrence both on Steele the same drive of them. too, right? Yeah. Like within actually, I think it was back to back plays. Oh my god! Uh, oh yeah, it was. It was close. Uh, which Martin is going to be out uh, probably about four weeks, from what I read. Uh, so may as well ugh. just be the end of the season at this point. Yeah, without their, he was the one thing like the last couple of weeks when saw them playing well in that game, and then even against uh, Minnesota, like they moved him out to right tackle, and the kid that they have playing at left tackle has actually been playing pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, but with without arguably, like the announcer said in that game, one of the best non-quarterback offensive players in the league, mm-hmm. uh, one of the most reliable interior offensive linemen. Uh, I I don't see even with them probably <laughs> having the easiest remaining schedule. I it's don't a tall see order. It, I don't see that offense being able to move the ball. Yeah, it's and Andy Dalton he he was playing well through three quarters yesterday. I mean, and was. you look at the week before he played a pretty good, pretty solid game as well. I know yeah. we talked about it the week before about how Zeke actually had his like comeback week, but in the same mm-hmm. fact, in this past week Zeke. What faded into the background again? And no, oh no, not completely faded into the background. He decided to fumble the ball and right. turn it over before fading into the background. Yeah, uh, that's okay. just. There's not a lot of bright spots on that team. I mean, the one I, honestly, the one bright spot is how well the defense had been playing. They have picked since, it up. Yeah, since I, like all the injuries had <laughs> happened, they kind of moved on from some players, and uh, the only other bright spot is really Amari Cooper, uh, right? And, and CD Lamb, I would say too. Yeah, Lamb is definitely displayed <laughs> tremendous ability as a rookie. I, yeah. I wish, obviously, I know you guys wish we had Dak, too. But I'm saying I wish there was Dak because mm-hmm. Michael Gallup has also been performing very well, and you guys do have one of the best receiving teams in the league. Has, but has not really done a whole lot. But, the, yeah, um, I just also one of the three they're that, not looking at him. Right, because, I mean, Dalton just doesn't have the talent for, like, to get three guys involved. Right. Like, he's been focusing clearly on getting Amari Cooper the ball. Right. And then C.D. Lamb's been getting... Not so many yards, but a lot of receptions. Um, and red zone targets, which so, is important. Right, exactly. But Gallup is kind of the forgotten guy in all this because mm. he's just not really getting the ball. Yep. 
Which uh, is funny because he'd be a one on a lot of other teams. He'd be a two on a lot of like contending teams. For sure. And a damn good one. I mean, Troy Aikman made a point during the game. He said, man, I really like this group of Cowboy receivers. And oh, yeah. then my first thought, I was like, yeah, as a former Cowboy quarterback, I'm sure you do. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you're just, just salivating at the thought of having been able to play with a group like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he had, you know, a Hall of Famer, Michael Irvin, but those three are better than probably any number two. And right. CeeDee Lamb could end up being a better better than Michael Irvin, I would say. I mean, that's a that's a tall order, but you look at what he's done as a rookie. Short, and, well, I mean, Irvin had the shortened career. I mean, yeah. arguably, Dez is a better yeah. overall Cowboys quarterback. He has the touchdown receptions record. Yeah, I mean, Irvin because of his, his, his problems off the field, yeah. his right. career didn't last as very long. And when he was he was there for the three Super Bowls. I mean, that's right. obviously that's, the bi- that's one of the, the biggest thing. reasons. Yeah, but, yeah, arguably three receivers more talented than Irvin even was, and that's. <laughs> That's pretty scary, but yeah, yeah, when you don't have anybody to block for the quarterback or the running back, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, I mean, there was a understatement. <laughs> yeah, there was a while where like they called it like the Alvin Harper. Uh, I remember curse, Harper. Yeah, the Alvin Harper curse because they refused to pay him. He walked to on, Tampa. Yes, and they struggled to find a number two receiver for mm-hmm. a long time. They always had a great number one, but they never had any good number two until a couple years of my. Uh, Miles Austin. Miles Austin, and mm-hmm. that didn't even last that long because I mean, the hamstring issues. Yeah, you, you really do think about that because you think, you know, you go into Joey Galloway and then Keyshawn Johnson, and it was the end of Keyshawn Johnson's career, right. but, and then into T.O., Miles Austin, Des Bryant. Yeah, they even tried to make that big trade for Roy Williams, yep. which was a disaster. Oh, that's right. Didn't, didn't yeah. pan out. Um, didn't pan out at all. Uh, I think he had one, like one good year with Detroit, and they <laughs> that was spun it. that into the first-round picks. And he was, f- like – a full couple years removed from that. Yeah. Like, because that was, it wasn't the year 2009, like Mm -hmm. when that, when they traded for him. So yeah, Dallas finally has the receiving core, but of course everything else gets, gets injured, but getting into the remaining schedules for all those teams, uh, the giants remaining schedule, they play the Seahawks, uh, the Cardinals, Browns, Ravens, and then, uh, the Cowboys, Washington football team plays, uh, the Steelers, 49ers, Seahawks, Panthers and uh, Eagles. Dallas has the Ravens, Bengals, 49ers, uh, Eagles, and Giants. And Philly has the Packers, Saints, Cardinals, Cowboys, and the Washington football team. Yeah. So not a lot of winnable games for any of those teams. No, that's a rough stretch. For, for the, everybody. For the teams that four wins, I was saying, you maybe need, just need to see where can they get one more win, mm. and that's their division games remaining. Each yeah. has each have one remaining. Giants have <clears> Dallas. <throat> Washington football team has Philly. And then Dallas and Philly basically have to find two two wins. And, I mean, Dallas has Cincinnati, who's without Burroughs. And the best thing for Washington game. this week could have been the upset. That could have happened, mm-hmm. but right. it didn't, so... Right. Um, but, yeah, I, it's like we, we – I mean, we said fairly early into the season that four or five wins could win this division. Yeah. It's actually coming to fruition. Yeah. That's, uh, so, that's something I feel like we've said about certain divisions, the NFC East in particular, but I remember the NFC West not that long ago. Right. Uh, was a, it's, but it would be a joke. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to see a 4-12 and 12 or 5-11 and 11 division champion. And, even, holy crap, 2020, it's happening. It's even even the original <clears throat> NFC West with the uh, – Having the the March on Lynch uh, Seattle Seahawks make it into the playoffs mm-hmm. as the first like losing so, record team, and then they won. Yeah, exactly. And they beat, beat the Saints. Saints. 
Beast Quake, bro. Beast Quake, yeah. This timing for the NFL to expand the playoff field, as much as I might dislike it, to you know seven teams per conference, it couldn't have worked out a better timing for a season <laughs> when the NFC East is yeah. going to be so bad. Right. Because if there was only still the six spots – and you would see, you know, a ten and six team, right. you know, whether it be like the Rams or the Cardinals or, or somebody like that, the four miss the division, miss the, the miss the playoffs, yeah, then a five and eleven Absolutely. NFC yeah. East champion. Like that's, yeah. Ugh. It's, yeah, it's gross. It's really gross. Yeah. Uh, At least Kyle Shanahan can beat the crap out of Sean McVay. Like that's something he's proven <laughs> in his career. Jeez, True. man, what the hell? Yeah. Um, so, with that said, who do you think takes the division? I know we asked this a couple weeks ago, but. I still think Washington, I think it's an uphill battle for him, but I, I think that they have – it depends on what happens and if Daniel Jones plays, plays this week, but I still say Washington. Yeah, I think, like, the Philly game and even Carolina are very winnable for them. Right. Um, and they seem to be a team, just because of how good their defensive front is, mm. that could sneak a win off of they're the They're the most talented defensive front in the mm. NFC East, mm-hmm. and they have been making quarterbacks pay. And, I mean, even uh, – even playing Dallas, Dallas started to kind of play with them for a little bit, but then that defense line got to work, and it yeah. was all over from there. Yeah, yeah. Montez Sweat interception return for a touchdown was game ridiculous. Over. Yeah, I didn't, and it's funny because that's when I was we we had a late Thanksgiving dinner at my dad's, and my dad lives in Clay Como, mm-hmm. and so my brother driving up, and we're not even listening to the game or anything, we're just talking, and I get to my dad's house and I check my phone, and I was like, this was like within ten points just a little while ago. What yeah. the hell just happened? Yeah. Who uh, drafted? Was it the Jaguars <laughs> that drafted Sweat and then dropped him? Or who was the team that drafted Sweat and dropped him? They drafted him. Well, they drafted him. Oh, they, they drafted, drafted Sweat. Yeah. There's a player in that D same. There was a player in the same draft class that I was drafted high and then was dropped. And I can't remember where he ended up. Was it Josh Allen? No, because Josh Allen's in Jacksonville. Yeah, he's, he's still there. I'm, I can't really, well, I'll look yeah, I can't later. remember offhand. Um, but the uh, get, let's get into this uh, Ravens Steelers debacle that's been going on. Um, so yeah, you mentioned the the rule on cancellations of the game and like the overall impact that this could have on the playoff standings. Because like you said, like they're missing out on a key game potentially. Um, if the Ravens were to win that game, the like it could potentially screw the Chiefs out of a chance mm-hmm. to get the one seed. Is mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say here. Um, the Steelers win the game. Or have to forfeit. If, if, the well, have if to the forfeit. Ravens have to forfeit because yeah. they're the team that have the initial t- cases, so it's, I mean, I think we only, have only seen that like one, Ra- or sorry, one Steelers player. Has, yeah, just James Conner. Just James Conner. And they're looking into the NFL's. Was last I heard, they were doing an investigation into Baltimore to see whether or not negligence was involved. Right. In which case, to maybe try to force them to forfeit, which right. of course that doesn't benefit anybody. Mm. Right. I mean, technically the Steelers, but then you've got. The Players Association disaster of them not getting a game check for it. Right. Which, when I mention that, it blows. What I wanted to say is, it blows my mind how the Players Association would overlook that coming into the season. Because I'm sure it's like, well, no games get forfeited. That's not going to happen. If there's ever going to be a time when it happens, it's this year. And how to just oversee, oh, just completely miss out on something like that. Right. Is it kind of blows my mind a little bit. Right. Um, But I don't really see how the NFL can be saying that. Well, you know, this is we care about the players and blah, blah, blah. Like you're trying to force this game to happen. Mm. And I'll be honest, I'm biased. I don't like the Steelers. And I think that they are one of the poster childs. It's, it's good business when a team, when a franchise like the Steelers is undefeated, mm. that is a big storyline. 
And the right. NFL is going to go through hell and high water to make sure that to keep they don't miss out on the television revenue for a game with the Steelers. Mm. Right. Um, and, and I, it, I mean, one of the other things that we can mention as well is the other side of the coin is the Denver Broncos yeah. had no quarterbacks and had to start uh, Hinton off the practice squad. Practice squad wide receiver. Yeah, practice squad uh, wide receiver coming He up. hadn't played quarterback at Wake Forest since like three years ago at Wake Forest. Right. right. And they had to start him, but it's because the NFL was basically like, they're like, hey, we have to have the Steelers game happen. But they basically were like, fuck you, Broncos. Yeah. And it was, I mean, also, I do have to say, I am pissed off at the Broncos just from the simple fact that there was kind of that aspect to it where it was like none of the quarterbacks in the meeting wore a mask. And so it was, for, I guess the only analogy that I can come up with is the fact that it was like the president and the vice president riding the same plane together. It's like, you don't do that. Right. Do not do that. But I don't know. It's just the fact it's that they were starting. Lack of leadership. Thing, yeah. Man. Like, and. I completely agree. Like, that is on the Broncos, and they almost right. wonder, uh, I, who was it? Kareem Jackson came out, and he was openly wondering whether or not that this was them just being made an example out of. Probably. And, but I, I agree. They had to pick but a why are you? Team. But you did that in the same week when you've allowed this Ravens and Steelers game to be pushed now three times. Right. And you wouldn't give – and you've got so many more players than just the quarterbacks with the Ravens involved, and yet you're, you allow the Ravens and Steelers to do that, and yet with the Broncos – Oh, you're gonna have no quarterbacks. Well, sorry, yeah, shit out of luck. The Ravens Steelers game has a been lot pushed back so much that the initial players that had COVID that started the outbreak, Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, are going to be eligible to play tomorrow. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Because of you the mean Wednesday, now. Wednesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, eligible play because ten days or test negative twice. Mm. And they consecutive days. If they test negative today and test negative tomorrow, leading into or yeah, and they've been their ten day quarantine, they're fine. It's so ridiculous that the two players that started it all are still going to be able to suit up and play. Yeah. And, it's, I, I mean, also I am coming at it from a fantasy football angle where it's like I picked up Gus Edwards in every league because I wanted to see the Gus bus roll and I wanted to see everything happen because of the way everything was going on. And now I'm not getting that. It sucks, but, you know, it's part of the game. You know, you yeah. have to make different changes. But it's a, this the is, fact that 10-day quarantine was able to happen and you just kept pushing back, but right. they forced the Broncos to play. Please, it's yeah, taste in my mouth. They literally could have pushed the Broncos game to today, and at least one of those quarterbacks would have come off, would have likely have come off the list, would oh, have been eligible right. to play. Yeah. And that, that's just well, uh, it's absolute hypocrisy in my opinion. And especially mm -hmm. in this season, it left them, because of the process they have to go to to be uh, eligible to play after being picked up as a free agent, they left them no time to like potentially pick up a free agent quarterback. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if they if uh, Hinton would have went down, I think it was one of their running backs that would have become. Royce oh, Freeman took direct yeah. snaps. Just like. It was Royce Freeman. Melvin Gordon took direct snaps, and Hinton, and I can't remember who else. There, mm -hmm. there need to be needs to be a rule on like a certain percentage of players from a position group as well. Yeah. Like especially at quarterback, like the mm -hmm. most important position, yeah. arguably in all of sports, like in. All four are down, and you have to start a wide receiver. What's the point of playing the game? Right, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, if Hinton would have come out and, like, balled out, we'd like, oh, that's great. But, like, he played exactly how you expect a practice squad wide receiver to play yeah. in a First starting in quarterback. Yeah, one completion in the right. third quarter was his only completion, two interceptions, right. which is the only other time that it's happened in the NFL besides Ryan Leaf, going yeah. back to that day. The great thing for Broncos fans is because of how much running there was, that game only lasted like two hours and 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, the NFL needs to figure – well, they don't – I mean, it's almost the end of the season. So, I mean, they're just, six weeks out. Yeah. So, There actually is some rumors <clears throat> floating out there right now, um, and I just kind of want to get your guys' opinion on it. 
there has been some rumors. There's no truth to it, 100%. But they're talking about shutting down the NFL for like a week to two weeks in some different circles to to have the teams kind of get over this whole thing and start fresh and new. What do you think if they did that? I, honestly, like playing off that, I think it wouldn't be a bad idea for them to just push back the playoffs a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Fair. Like get get some more open weeks for these teams because like with it being flu season and just overall what we're mm-hmm. like how prevalent COVID is like we're going to see more and more of this like right. there's, there's going to be more teams that have issues with this and having more open weeks at the end of the year for them to be able to make up these games instead of having to push games back 10 days or however long it's been since this game was supposed to happen right uh just have more open weeks like certain conferences and college mm-hmm. football did. Bye right? weeks and stuff like that. Yeah. Especially like maybe spread out. I know it's going to make it long, but spread out the playoffs a week and then two weeks. Because like, you know. I know that we're not trying to like talk up the Steelers or anything, but the Steelers did kind of get screwed out of bye weeks because mm-hmm. of COVID related. Because of the Titans. <laughs> because of the Titans and now <clears throat> this situation with Baltimore. Because mm. they were supposed to basically have a half bye week mm. this week. And. Now they don't get that even. Mm. And their, their players are pissed about it because they're not the ones in either of these situations that caused mm. them to have to move the game. They were right. like, yeah, they had one player test positive. But in both cases, in the week with Tennessee and now with Baltimore, mm. the other team is screwing them out of yeah. extra time off with potentially their families over Thanksgiving. Right. So then they were, they were practicing all week preparing mm. to play on Thursday. Right. And now they're not playing until – the following almost following a full months. week almost later a, yeah so uh, i mean and the only player that had a scare beforehand that was a big name on the steelers was big ben and big ben had it because he was riding a plane next to somebody that had contract tracing and he said he would never do that again and so he's been at every meeting with a mask on and all that stuff and right. he he makes sure that he is the furthest person from it and right. they've kind of learned their lesson from it or at least players have learned their lesson from that team but it felt like with Baltimore, it was just since it was Baltimore and since it was a high-priority matchup, they're like, let's just make it happen instead of just being like the let's just push it back, cancel the game, activate Week 18 protocol, or, hey, let's just make the Ravens play and right. screw them. No, it's in, you're absolutely right, Aaron, and this is a thought that I've had on multiple occasions over the last few weeks is it would it just would make so much sense just to, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to push the start of the playoffs back until late January. Mm-hmm. You know, that way you get an extra week or two to potentially make up games. Other teams that, you know, you get a little bit of time off right. uh, to get healthy as well for the playoffs. Um, it's not like the, venues <clears throat> for, like the venue for the Super Bowl has any events going on where they yeah. can't move it. Yeah. Like, there's but nothing going on in to, the stadiums. But so. to the point of this criticism that we've had of the NFL, and I know me particularly, I've been especially harshly critical. Right. But God forbid the NFL be willing to push back playoff games in the Super Bowl that they already have dates set in stone. Right. You know, like, God forbid the NFL would do something that makes sense that would be to the benefit of the players right. and would just actually instead be the, the smartest decision instead of just like, wow, no, no, we've, we've already got these dates set in stone. We can't move these around. Bullshit. Yeah. Right. Uh, moving on to uh, a matchup that, man, <laughs> that was one of the ones that we didn't all pick the same, but uh, Titans and Indianapolis, okay. uh, second, they're – this is their, their second ass. meeting. <laughs> <laughs> it's great for time. Both, it's if you great combine for both scores, it's a good game. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Titans take the second meeting. Uh, it's now one full game up on 
the Colts yep. in the division. And, I mean, I mean, still six weeks remaining. Mm-hmm. So a lot can happen in that time. But, I, I mean, they dominated the Colts. Yeah. Uh, the Colts have some making up to do, and I mean, it, it's not out. saying that the first game was a fluke, but the first game had two blocked punts, one return for a touchdown, mm-hmm. and it had the, the the Colts roster, which we talked about as being one of the best rosters in sports or in the NFL. It had them being the dominant roster, mm-hmm. but Tennessee Titans are is that sneaky team that just went into the playoffs last year and dominated a lot of opponents because they forced you to do one thing and one thing only: stop Derrick Henry late in the season. And guess what happened? They couldn't stop Derrick Henry. And, 140 and their yards quarterback's the efficient enough to where if you do yeah. effectively stop him, you're probably playing up so close to the line of scrimmage that he will beat you with yeah. those receivers. Yeah. Or they fake the they fake the handoff to Derrick Henry, and you know Ryan's hand goes in for a draw. Yep. Also, the one thing that I do have to say from this game is Indianapolis just go ahead and start Brissett. Just you you put him in there and all the key downs to do the quarterback sneaks and to get the touchdowns and to get all that stuff just. F and start him. Like, you have the roster. I don't think he's going to provide you with less wins than, than Philip Rivers at this point. Sorry. Randy. I, I mean, we saw what he did with a bad roster last year. Or with a good roster last year. I shouldn't say. A, a good roster last year. Brissett's not going to win them games. Like, he's not a good quarterback. I just – I hate he's, – He's in there for situationally because they, they have an old quarterback that they don't want to risk on, on those type zeros. of plays. And he has a bigger arm overall for, like – the Hail Mary type of plays, but like those aren't situations where I'm like, yeah, he does well in those. So start him. No, Philip Rivers, they brought there for a reason. I mean, he's played decently well this year. I roll with, roll with rivers. I, I, I trust Frank Reich to make the right decision in those those situations. He's a hell of a coach, especially with what he did with Carson Wentz when he had him. Yeah. <clears throat> All of a sudden, he looks like the reason Carson Wentz was anything. Absolutely Ooh. true. Actually, it hasn't been all of a sudden. It's pretty much been like the yeah. last two years that we've I mean, started to see this. Look at what Frank Reich's been given at quarterback, like post-injury Andrew Luck, mm. who lost a lot of arm strength, mm. clear, like visible on the field, um, still won games with him. Played Had decently good success in certain games with Brissett last year, but mm. injuries kind of piled up for that team. And now late career, Phillip Rivers – Still has a chance to win the division with him. I mean, I'll trust I'll trust that coaching staff to make the right decisions. I don't think either quarterback is the right decision overall, but I don't I, think that's why that's why I think yeah. they're going to be a trade up candidate yeah. in this draft. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think that I don't think Jacoby Brissett will be there next year necessarily. No, I think Eason will. They're grooming Eason to be the backup to see if, or maybe even the starter. We'll see. Yeah, but I in love the same Eason. Fact, yeah, Eason's we'll potential, but they're going to have to decide that before the draft if he has that potential. Yeah. Because, like I said, with the how deep this draft is at wide receiver – or at wide receiver. Quarterback. Quarterback. Uh, they are definitely trade-up candidates. Oh, absolutely. Um, be a, definitely a team that Dallas should be calling right when the season's over. Uh, but – Stupid Colts. Chris Cars. Sorry, I've just been sitting here stewing that whole time because it was last week when literally we we were done with the Colts Titans. I picked Titans and I just sat here. I was like, man, I want to make up ground on Ty. I want to make up ground on Ty. Mm-hmm. Finally, waffled but waffled back. Mm-hmm. Took the Colts. I just should have known that a quarterback who I have rooted against my entire just his entire career would somehow be like, hmm, I'm gonna find a way to bite you in the ass for making that decision. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Philip Rivers specifically was thinking about me in this moment. I mean, I guarantee he was. But you know, <laughs> no, I just I was Where, like, of course, when I pick Philip Rivers, it's gonna it's gonna just come back and bite you. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, well, Ty's uh, taking a little tinkle break. Uh, Let's talk about the Chiefs game this week. We can talk about that Chiefs game. Uh, Tyreek Hill. Jesus. Oh, my God. 203 yards at the end of the first quarter. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And just maybe the first time that I've, or if I've seen it before, not many times where a player straight up backflips into the end zone for his touchdown. I feel like he's the like he's done that before, hasn't he? Like, I think I've seen somebody do it before. I it was him, but I I've, I've seen God. him do a backflip in some capacity. Maybe as like post touchdown celebration or something. I I swear I've seen him do that before. But with him having that huge game, he actually finished with what two hundred and sixty nine and three two, touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, thirteen uh, catches. Yeah, I can't imagine what his fantasy point totals were in that. Oh, I had friends that friends in one of my leagues that were sitting there in our group chat, and he was like, he's got 40 right now. He's up to 50. 59.65 like... in daily fantasy for DraftKings. That just wow. unreal what so, he did. With that big performance, though, Tyree Kill is now leading receivers in uh, – well, leading all receivers in, in yards, and uh, Kelsey is leading all tight ends, but also they are one and two overall uh-huh. in the league in uh-huh. receiving yards. That's so ridiculous. That's so ridiculous. Um, I, I, I did hear the point, obviously, where, obviously, Tony Romo, um, and then we're like, why do you just single cover Tyreek Hill? But literally, I was just like, well, who, like, yeah, who? are, are, are you going to single cover Travis Kelsey? Okay, like. Hardman? Yeah, Hardman, like, who almost he had that one drop away from mm, an 80-yarder. Yeah. And Mahomes, of course, he, comes, he came out and tweeted about that, too. He said, how did I miss Miko there? Like, right. Like, it, he took the he full well shouldered the blame on that one. Yeah. I mean, that would have been yeah that would have been another six right there. Yeah, yeah he was wide open. Five hundred yards for Pat there. Man, and just with Hill, like I just I it's so much that Chiefs fans in particular look back at Jalen Ramsey what he said two years ago is like oh he's just a return man, you know, and that's all he is he's just a kick returner. Suck it. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, but yeah, if if he's he's undersized, but I don't think that there is a receiver that has is as polished as he is at this point oh, when you combine his other skill sets. I mean, he, I mean, he runs insane DeAndre, routes. He's got great DeAndre, hands. DeAndre. DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins is the only one, I would say. He's the only receiver that I'd take over Tyreek Hill. <laughs> the and only, who, who would have thought? Who would have thought? I mean, I make Julio, Michael not Thomas, anymore. But Wait, that's, I'd take Julio over Michael right. Thomas. But that's <clears> in the right situation. Coming into this season. Everything is equal. I'm taking Julio. Coming into this season, a lot of people, I think, would have taken Michael Thomas over Tyreek. But I think this season, Tyreek has full, just gone leaps and bounds beyond him. I mean, going into even just talking about like fantasy drafts and things like that, Tyreek went one pick right before me in our draft, and I was hoping that I could get Tyreek. Mm-hmm. And in order for them to not get Tyreek, or they, they, or in order for me, to, I ended up having to get uh, Devontae Adams instead of Tyreek. But, I mean, I wanted Tyreek over that. Yeah. And Devontae Adams is another receiver that's really well-rounded. Absolutely. And Aaron Rodgers loves him, but I wanted Tyreek. It's just a receiver who's that fast who can do all those other little things is <laughs> obscenely Stop scary. and backflip at the goal line. Oh, yeah, we mentioned the backflip. Like, yeah. I just... It's ridiculous. What in the hell? The athletic ability of that kid is just ridiculous. Through the, yeah. through the roof. Yeah. And, I mean, that was probably one of the best games of the weekend still. Like, mm-hmm. it was 27-24. I mean, if the Chiefs would have given... Wouldn't have completed the game-sealing drive. Like, they'd yep. given the ball back to Brady with a chance to either tie or take the lead. And <clears throat> Pat had his second... Uh, Game ceiling drive of the of the season. Yeah, both uh both primetime games to me, the final score did not say what actually happened in that game. No, because no, the, it seemed like complete <laughs> domination. Yeah, 
Especially and, after those back-to-back interceptions. But Yeah, yeah and it, it was in large part, the like, and I, I don't mean to sound like a biased Chiefs fan in this regard, mm-hmm. but it was a lot of the Chiefs beating themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially I they extended two, they extended a, a Buc- Buccaneers touchdown drive twice with roughing the, pe- the passer penalties. Yeah. And a lot of people are going to bitch about it. We saw Mahomes get it on the drive before. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the reality. As a pass rusher, if you put a hand on their face mask, you're going to get called yeah. for roughing and the And it passer. wasn't like yeah. he was going for the ball. He went right for the helmet. Yeah, right. yeah. Yep. And Frank Clark did it twice. I don't remember who, who did it for Tampa against uh, on Mahomes. Uh, JPP. That's right. It was, yeah, because he came away co- uh, yeah, complaining about it. It's like, sorry, bud. That's, that's, that's what it is. But then also the Chiefs had two holding penalties on a drive that we ended up having to punt on. And it, it was just it, it was getting very frustrating down there because, like, okay, we can't let a team that's led by Tom Brady hang around. Wasn't and, that right. punt like a seven-and-a-half-minute drive and it ended in a punt or something like that? Yeah. It yeah, it was a long ass drive, like and then we had to punt, and because mm-hmm. I mean, it was something. Yeah, you, you saw Mahomes and the boys were displaying that. Hey, nobody can hang with us when we're playing at, at a level right. like this. Just toying yeah. with them. Yeah. So, but got the win, and you know that's back to back wins at Las Vegas and at uh, at Tampa Bay. So yeah, gotta be happy walking away from that defense. Forced some turnovers. Yeah, mm-hmm. the offense didn't convert those into points, but. Teron Matthew to, finally looked like himself. Right. He, right. Hadn't, he hadn't in a few weeks. D-line still Ugh. isn't showing up for games, which is my one concern. Oh, mine too. Uh, with this Chiefs team is if you get in the playoffs and can't generate a pass rush, mm-hmm. and if the other team can. We're in I trouble because our offensive line continues to look poor as well. Right. Mm-hmm. The one benefit you have is Pat Mahomes with, with pressure mm-hmm. has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league. If not, I think the best, most efficient quarterback I mean, in the league. Even in this game. <clears throat> Versus this pass rush, the times where he was just gradually going to the left, mm-hmm. 10, 15 yards to extend the play, and then right. boop, over the top, like that's yeah. that's yeah. dynamic change. And Absolutely. and I look at I look at some things that are going to happen for the Chiefs moving forward. Eventually, you'll have Mitchell Schwartz come off of IR, and Stefan Wisniewski is on the practice squad right now. But that's not because of his talent; that's just to get him acclimated back into the team. Right. And so at some point, we probably see both Wisniewski and Schwartz back in the starting lineup. Those were two key cogs in the Super Bowl run last year. Mm-hmm. And so that should at least help things a little bit, mm, particularly sure. in run blocking. Um, but, yeah, the pass rush, absolutely. You've got all that money invested in Chris Jones and Frank Clark, and they are not getting to the quarterback right now. And that that is pissing a lot of us Chiefs fans off. And the secondary, too, I mean, the corners are playing outstanding. Like, Rashad Breeland is playing out of his mind right now in coverage. Mm-hmm. And Teron Matthew, finally, like I mentioned, he finally played up, but – Dan Sorensen still gets – he still misses a lot of tackles. He missed the tackle on that Ronald Jones tiptoe touchdown along the sidelines. And Juan Thornhill, I don't know where the hell he's been. I mean, he's, he's been in and out of line. ACL tear. I, I, True, but he, he's, he's, he played more earlier in the season. He's right. not playing as much now. And it's, it's – Andy Reid seems to be kind of – Kind of, he basically said he's a situational player at this point, and that's a concern. That's, and that's that's what I'm talking about is, like, mm-hmm. players coming off of ACLs, mm-hmm. sometimes it takes them a full year yeah. afterwards to recover, mm-hmm. and then some. Sometimes not as much anymore. Like, recovery from ACL isn't isn't what it used to be. Sometimes it's a mental game. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, Especially and, and one cuts, can have the yips. The, the cuts that in the open field that you have to make as a defensive back, like, to – to Stop catch up line. with wide yeah. receivers yeah. and so like it's it's a tough game. So I'd, I I mean Thornhill is a hell of a prospect coming I agree. out. I would definitely wait and see till next year to see what what he's going to be coming off that because this year isn't going to be indicative of No, no, no. And his I, career, yeah. the the yeah. only hope the, the only hope that I have is that maybe he starts to round back into form right entering the into the playoffs. Yeah. Right. And uh, cuz again Sorensen doesn't need to be starting. I mean 
I, we mentioned before how Sorensen makes the splash plays, but I read something online uh, on Twitter earlier today, and it was uh, somebody almost wondering if the reason Sorensen makes so many interceptions on, and splash plays like that is because he's so out of position that the quarterback <laughs> doesn't happens. expect oh, like him Peters? to be there. That happens. <laughs> the Marcus oh, Peters? Marcus Peters, yeah. yeah we've, we've seen that with plenty of defensive backs where they're, they're – Big interception stats is not indicative of the players yeah. that they are. Yeah. Um, but this Chiefs team is rolling, and I really hope that they get a chance to get that one seed. Because ah, me too, man. If if the Steelers back their way into that because of this whole debacle with the Ravens thing, I'll be I'll be kind of pissed for you. I'll guys. be pissed too. Um, moving on to something for ties team. You guys actually can we talk about one more game? Yeah. What? Uh, I want to talk about the Rams uh, Niners game. That was a really, really good game, and that's part of it. The... What the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah, I, what the hell happened there? I mean, it was so. I I don't know if this is more or less Rams, not necessarily being that team that we talked about, where we're underestimating the Rams, or if if it honestly just it's Kyle Shanahan that has McVay's number, and it might be Kyle Shanahan that has McVay's number. I think he's a better offensive mind overall. Mm-hmm. I do. Like the, if you really study like his. The run concepts, mm. an average team runs about three to five different run su- concepts in a game. Mm. They average running like 15. Yeah, 15. And that's tough for any team to deal with. Yeah. And that's talking about, like, taking de- like they, they're big on angles, the end around angles and, the angle, and yeah. stuff like that. They use angles to get there. And some teams just, nope, pound it up the gut, pound it, run it outside. They mm. don't commit to either mm-hmm. or. They'll run through any hole. Yeah. At any point in the and game. And they have the talent to do it. When you right. talk about Debo Samuel, Brandon, I go, look, you have all these players that can, like, I mean, look at Debo having a, a game coming back, but most are getting the touchdown, but not necessarily having a game. Absolutely. I loved watching that game. Um, Kyle Shanahan is 6-2 and two versus Sean McVay, wow. which is like one of those. And they play, they're done playing this season, but the Rams aren't out of it, and neither are the Niners because of the way that the right. NFC West is playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to beat the crap out of each other. But the only time that Sean McVay beat the or beat the Niners, he beat him twice in one year. And it was the year that Jimmy Garoppolo first had his injury, so it was 2018. But other than that... Yeah, that team was bad. Yeah, and yeah, and other than that, Kyle Shanahan has dominated him. Uh, the ending matchup is always closer. It's 23-20. But in the same fact, like, you're looking at scores of, like, um, 28 to nothing, um, 22-21, uh, 20-7, 34-31, 24-16, 23-20. But they were literally just controlling the pace of play. Mm-hmm. That there's nothing the Rams can do, and I just think it's one of those things where it's like that's something to watch mm-hmm. because if both those teams happen to make it or they have to come down to one getting in, the tiebreaker leans to the, the Niners now because they beat the Rams twice. True. And that overall, now, I think yeah. that I mean, in that matchup, like the defensive coordinator is also in that matchup because if you look at overall defensive talent, you'd think. Oh, the Rams probably have a little bit of edge there. At this point in time, <coughs> with all but the injuries, yeah. yeah. Robert Sala, or yeah. I honestly don't even know who the Rams' defense coordinator is since Wade, Wade Phillips has been gone. I don't know either. Uh, but you have to think, like, they let Wade go. Like, Wade wasn't ready to be done coaching, and I think that was a big mistake yeah. for McVay. And this is a this is a Niners team without DeForest Buckner, <laughs> who is the sole middle of the line for the Colts, who ended up having Derrick Henry run all over the Colts this week because DeForest Buckner is out. Out, yeah. Yeah. You just uh, kind of have to look at it. Some coaches just are – some coaches just have their roster set up to beat a certain team. You know how the yeah. 49ers yeah, – the, the Rams looked like they were the top of the division, and so you geared up to try and beat the Rams, and yeah. that's what they've done. Conversely, that's what – 
to, to just mention one more game, we look at what happened to the Raiders in Atlanta yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's after, after you, that was two completely different teams from who the Chiefs had just faced a week ago. Yeah, right. And I had a friend mention a point that he'd read an article, and I, I wish I knew he didn't remember where he'd read it, but uh, it mentioned how the Raiders are built to beat the Chiefs. Yeah. And that's where Chiefs fans, myself included, can get so frustrated about how the Raiders they beat us and then they you know played us tough on on Sunday night. And but that's they are built solely to take out the Chiefs, mm-hmm. whereas not so much any other teams. I mean, yeah, they're still six and five, but man, after after watching two Chiefs games, you would think that they'd be you know like seven and four at the very least, if not eight and three. Yeah, yeah. And back to the to the point about the Rams and. 49ers. I think that uh, Shanahan's system is perfect for isolating away from being able to run away from Donald mm-hmm. yeah. because of how many different run concepts they have. Mm-hmm. Donald can potentially not even really be involved in a mm-hmm. game because of how well they block in that zone blocking scheme mm-hmm. and using the double teams and having extra blockers because of tight ends mm-hmm. and fullbacks and all that. Like, and he still made plays. Yeah, to I think get it's just a scheme thing. I honestly think it's just a scheme thing. Their mm-hmm. defense isn't really built to beat that offense yeah fair yeah i mean but. donald got him close because he had that one like <laughs> hit that led to the fumble and then right you know led to, but in the same fact it's just not yeah but yeah that, that makes sense hey if you put if you get two wins over the rams you're that much closer to winning a division Absolutely. so yeah especially with how we've seen the seahawks play the last few mm-hmm. weeks uh, i mean and what happened with the cardinals so absolutely yeah yeah it's just a hotly cont- contested division i mean it's going to be interesting to see if like I, I think three teams from that division probably should in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, but there's going to be a very good team still, potentially, from that division that doesn't, doesn't make the who did the Who did the Cardinals? They lost yesterday to, to somebody, Patriots. didn't they? Patriots. That's right, it was Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. Another game that we could mention, but it's just Bill Belichick kind of getting it, and also in the same fact, there was multiple plays where Kyler looked to run downfield and try to make the big play, but they were like, just rest the shoulder, dude, and just step yeah. aside. That's yep. what he did. So I, I'm not worried about the Cardinals. I, it's just the injury thing at the end of the season. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, let's take a little bit of a break and get back for some college sports. Cool. Well, are we going to talk about uh, Matt Patricia real quick? Oh, yeah. We were yeah. going to go right into that. Yeah. For sorry, we're sorry. Never My mind. Yeah. Uh, we have to talk yeah. about the most glorious day that has happened. Yeah, it was Ty's anniversary, and he got his coach fired. Yes. Yes. He, he solely that's, got his coach yeah. fired. That, that takes some yeah. that takes some 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 moxie right yeah. there. I really look at you. I know. I really really wish that. I could have just been paid to follow around Matt Patricia in Detroit when he got fired and just play the Gimli uh, from Lord of the Rings, just, and my axe, just boom, because I was so happy when the fucking Gimli lookalike got fucking axed in Detroit. <laughs> I was fucking happy. They say you don't have to be a rocket scientist to uh, be an NFL head coach. Turns out you don't want a rocket scientist to be <laughs> an NFL head coach. Head coach. Yeah. Fun fact. Uh, we also got rid of uh, Quinn as well, which is our GM. The GM, yep. Um, so I think it... Hopefully there's good moves on the horizon. We'll see who we get. We still have a pretty talented roster. It's just you can't do stuff with, like Matt Patricia couldn't do anything with How it. much will you cry if, it, if Jim Harbaugh gets hired? Uh, not as much as I would cry if they hired Adam Gase. That's fair. That, that's <laughs> I think if they hired Adam okay. Gase, you might have a straight-up riot <laughs> in Detroit. I mean, yeah. oh, I wouldn't and I'm, I'm anymore. Like, I, I, ugh. I, I honestly, if they hire Adam I Gaze, can't imagine I, Adam Gaze gets another NFL head coaching. Game. No, uh, I no, I hope he doesn't. Can't not. live off. Of I, I can't imagine him getting another long. coordinator job. I don't. I can't either. I I see him getting another coordinator job at some point, but yeah, college, <laughs> something no. along those lines. I, mean, like, I didn't say necessarily pro. Yeah. yeah. 
you think that, and then there's there's guys that like have such bad careers in the NFL that you you don't really All see. All of a sudden, him. it's just too he toxic. Be a, maybe a positions coach, but I don't see even a coordinator. It's like he literally hasn't done anything. No, it's supposed to be this offensive genius, and other than Since a Manning. couple of seasons of Peyton Manning, we've seen nothing mm-hmm. to suggest that that's actually true. Yeah, but. Yeah, it was a great uh, anniversary gift for you. I'm happy for you. Oh, Jalen Hurts coming in with 17 seconds left in the second. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're also in a position <laughs> yeah. where they might need a running quarterback. Right. So, yeah. it's also, yes, I am really, really, really yeah. excited about Matt Patricia being canned. Yes. Really excited. Hopefully. I, didn't, I couldn't tell from the, the text that you sent us in the group chat that Don had gotten <laughs> you the best anniversary <laughs> present ever. The best, the best text message was to my wife where I literally was just like, oh, baby, you didn't have to. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> she was just like. What? Huh? <laughs> what, are, what are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> and then she sent some gift where the person's like, you're welcome. <laughs> so who is your number one candidate that you want them to potentially go for? Um, enemy. Currently, I'm really Sleeping liking, I mean, we, said, we mentioned Lynn earlier. We mentioned <laughs> nice, Lynn for nice. head coach, but also I don't think Marone lasts a season in Jacksonville with them being fired. So I would not mind if we went ahead and got somebody like Marone or something like that on the, on the other end. Um, but honestly, I, I kind of want to see where they go with the GM first. Mm-hmm. And there's some director of player Matt ops that like, but yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, but, if it was a combo of yeah. Matt Millen and Adam Gase. Oh, man. <laughs> Ty would definitely God. stop becoming, being a... Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I don't know where I'd go from there. I'd just be like, ah. You think it was crazy when I drafted three straight wide receivers in the first (laughs) round? Wait till I take six running backs. Brings me to, like. Mm. Brings us to our break. Uh, No, no. (laughs) So, funny enough, uh, brings me to going into college football because funniest Matt Millen story that I can never say. So, like, after an Iowa-Nebraska game, in 2014, it was actually the last time we lost to Nebraska. Oh, they missed the extra a, We actually should have won the game. We should have eight yeah. in a row against them, actually. Yeah. Iowa blew that game, and Matt Millen was calling the game. And I was actually walking with my cousin back to his car, and then I was going to walk home. <laughs> and this golf cart passes by, and I was like, it says, Big Ten Network on the set. Mm. And we, like, look over, and it's Matt Millen going by this huge group of Iowa fans. And... <laughs> My cousin goes, oh, shit, that's Mac Millen, or Matt Millen. I was like, oh, that's cool. And this one guy, a few people ahead of us, goes, Matt Millen. And he goes to wave. And he goes, you ruined the Lions. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. Everybody in the, in the crowd just starts laughing. And Millen just goes. <laughs> I mean, you puts he, his head down as they. You have no rebuttal way. to that, like, I'm no. sure, and I, no, I think he knows that. You have nothing to to respond with. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, let's get into the break. We'll be back with more uh, more football, and then maybe a little bit of college basketball. Yeah, yeah. guys, we screwed up. Yeah, 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 we actually didn't finish our NFL picks. It was Aaron. Um, yeah, it was my fault. I didn't even have them written down. It's been pretty common lately. Uh, you get better about that. We're special. But, yeah. My back hurts from carrying the team. Shut up. Uh, Seriously? Yeah. Good I was nice to you because of your anniversary and all this last yeah. week. We're not. You don't have to be nice to me. I'm not into My this holiday not spirit nice now. To me. I lie. She's great. I love her. We all love you, Don. <laughs> because Don, you keep this guy going. Don't watch the podcast. Don't watch the podcast. Don't watch the podcast. Don't watch the podcast. Maybe she'll just watch the first Just segment. watch the first 47 minutes. <laughs> first 47 minutes. That's it. <laughs> 
Uh, make sure you just say that. Yeah, you should just maybe watch the first 45 minutes. The rest kind of sucks. You don't need the second half. Uh, but interesting, so not a, not the greatest week for picks. There's a couple <clears throat> interesting matchups. But uh, first game, Buffalo versus San Francisco. Um, I'm going to go with Buffalo. I'm also going to go Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Ty? Well, you know my pick on this one. So I'm Buffalo. Um, I think that uh, I think Josh Allen, even though he kind of got hit and not like roughed up a little bit, but um, he had a little bit of more of an off game for uh, Josh Allen, even though he took that hit to the ankle. He manned up, came back out, and was really, really good at the end and ended up having a rushing touchdown in the same drive. So I'll take Josh Allen and I'll take Buffalo until someone proves me different. Yeah, I just think uh, San Francisco, it's, it's kind of what we were talking about before we did the break is – Kyle Shanahan has this team geared up to beat the likes of the Rams. I don't think that they're in a position to be able to handle Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo's pretty pretty potent offense, and, I mean, their defense isn't what it was the last couple of years, mm-hmm. but that's not what their bread and butter is this year. So nope. I think they are built to win that game. I, I don't think San Francisco has an answer for Josh Allen out of the pocket. I don't think they have an answer for Cole Beasley throwing touchdown passes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Washington versus Pittsburgh. I think we all know who we're all taking in this game. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> You're not going Washington? No. Uh, I think they're going to win the division, but I don't think they're going to win this game. Yeah. Washington clearly wants to win the NFC East, but like I said, other than division games in Cincinnati, I don't see the any teams really right coming out, winning out of the outside the division down the stretch. So, and I mean it's Pittsburgh. So, they're, I'm they're, going Washington. No, you're not. Oh, I am. You are? Duncan. If there's right. a defensive line that is finally going to expose the Pittsburgh offensive line and the deficiencies you know and the age that they have, it's going to be this hot young front in Washington. I was literally just about to say that I think that they're, they're, the, the hope for Washington in this game is the fact they have to get <laughs> to Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but this is one that I'm actually like, at, at this point yeah. I feel more comfortable doing so since I've, I've you know, taken – a step back, uh, and Hail Mary. I've also been I've been banging on watching the Steelers. At some point, are going to get exposed, and it, this feels like the, the the Steelers have overlooked teams that they have no business ha- allowing to hang around. This just feels like that could be that iconic that moment team. for the Redskins. Excuse me, for the Washington Football Team. I think that's the first time I've slipped in a while. Uh, for Washington, this could be a huge moment for Alex Smith, being like, "Yeah, us old guys, Ben. Yeah, fuck you." Yeah. I mean, Alex Smith would never say that because he's a sweetheart. He's a sweetheart of a man. I will say it for him. No, no, yeah, I because I need to make up some ground, and that's is a horrible idea. But I feel fired up. I like this. I like Chase Young and and Montez Sweat finally taking out that Pittsburgh line. There you go. Love your confidence in it. All right. This this will be followed up. Sorry, this will definitely be followed up by text messages to me on Sunday. Be like. Damn what it, Duncan, why do I do these things? <laughs> why do we make it the second segment? The front right? seven is good. The secondary's Oh, no. Which is true. The front seven is good, but their secondary is terrible. Um, Denver versus Kansas City. I don't know. What? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, well, you'll see in a minute. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, Denver and Kansas City. Okay. Denver and Kansas City on this I one. Think, yeah, the, I, I think we're all. I don't pretty... think we need to really analyze this. Denver's bad. Uh, Kansas City is the best team in yeah. the NFL right now. I don't know Sorry, where's it at. Is it? It doesn't. It's, it's in, in Kansas City. It's in Kansas City. It's and it doesn't matter. Uh, 
I can see Denver being a little bit fired up after what happened this last week and definitely feeling like the league threw them a huge middle finger. Also, I think that, you know, they, they played pretty damn well I'd say it left in beating this, Miami last week. I'd mm. say that this, uh, this last week left a bad taste in their mouth, but I don't think they can taste a whole lot right now. Hey. Hey. Damn. Hey. <laughs> Aaron's got, Aaron's got some spicy takes. I, like um, I think that uh, Drew Locke is going to do a very, very, very good job of spreading the ball around this week to the opposite team again. So I think we're going to be good. Yeah. I think it's yeah. going to be Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, was, I was saying all those nice things about Denver. Man, that felt weird. It's the holiday season. I'm being nice. Uh, it's the yeah, holiday Chiefs, season. Chiefs for sure. Jolly Duncan. Chiefs for sure. Yeah, I got the beard. I got the belly. <laughs> uh, Cleveland versus Tennessee. I'm going to Tennessee. It's still not a believer in Cleveland. I'm going uh, Tennessee as well. I think Tennessee made a statement win mm-hmm. last week, and I think that even though Cleveland has one of the better rushing, running, running attacks in the NFL, I think that they are still just a – even though they're what eight and three, I think that they're they just ridiculous. Yeah, I I think that I I don't think the Cleveland Browns are a real eight and three team. Yeah. I saw a, a great meme this week of uh, from the Simpsons, and it's of the two police officers on a bicycle carrying Chief Wiggum up a hill as he sits in a wagon, and it had over the two police officers, Kareem Hunt mm-hmm. and Nick Chubb, and over Chief Wiggum being dragged behind him in the wagon, it said Baker Mayfield. <laughs> and so I think that is an entirely accurate description of the Browns' success this year. They're yeah, full well carried by that running game, yep. and that revamped offensive line, going Tennessee all the way. Yep. Uh, Indy versus Houston. Indy, uh, or sorry, Houston, since they fired Bill O'Brien, has played a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but going against one of the better rosters in the league, as right. you know, in Houston. Or, sorry, in Indy. I can't think right now. Yeah. yeah. In Indy. Um, probably going Indy in that game. Mm-hmm. I I just think they're, the defense of Indy is going to overwhelm I think Houston gonna, there. Oh. We have a surprise. surprise. Um, Hi. Hi. Yeah. Hey, Dad. Hey, Duncan. Well, yeah. <laughs> thanks, Dad. <laughs> uh, Duncan's dad just walked in, and he handed Duncan a birthday card because Duncan had a birthday last week. Big old 3-5. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Dad. So old. Oh, easy there. Easy there, youngins. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm distracted. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Houston this week. I think uh, Indianapolis. Yeah, I picked Indy last week. They yeah, shadow over me, so no, I honestly I do don't hate the pick when it comes to that. Uh, Indy has a, had a hell of a time against rushing quarterbacks, and Deshaun Watson is playing on another level right now. So I would not be shocked if Houston pulls us out, but I got to go with my gut, and I got to go with Indy. So. Gotcha. And final matchup: uh, the LA Rams and the <sighs> Arizona Cardinals. Man, that's a good one. Yeah. That is a good one. I'm going to go Arizona, though. I think. Uh, okay. Yeah, they had a little bit of a debacle this last week. And I'm not going to say debacle, but definitely a game that they should have won. Yeah. Uh, they need to keep pace in the division at this point. The Rams just got the big win over got San Francisco. Or, I'm sorry, just took the big loss to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. But I, I think this could be Arizona mm-hmm. asserting themselves as still that second-best team in the, in the division. Right. I don't think that they let Kyler Murray fully go loose versus the, versus the Patriots, which I think is kind of more on um, Cliff Kingsbury because I don't think Cliff Cliff Kingsbury is one of the greatest coaches, but I think that nope. he's doing okay. 
because um, the talent that's around him as far as the offense uh, will you know, insert Kyler Murray here. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the same fact, I think that he made the wrong decision thinking that we're playing the Patriots. They're on an off year. Let's go ahead and just kind of see what happens. And I think this game is completely hinging on the AC joint with Kyler Murray's shoulders. I love Kyler Murray. I love Arizona. And it's hard for me to pick this game because of that simple fact of they're both trying to bounce back. But I, from what I was seeing is Kyler Murray was gutting it out, and he was literally just a couple plays away from winning that game. So I'm just going to have to go ahead and go with Kyler Murray. My boy this year, you know, Arizona, let's do this. For sure. Um, yeah. I don't know. That, that's a tough matchup. It is. It, it is. It's a very tough matchup. Uh, I've, I think I'm also going to go with Arizona. Not a huge believer in the Rams overall. I think the quarterback play. No, I didn't say. <laughs> I, I did didn't ask say for the coins. Flip. Not this. Not not no. yet. <laughs> I am going with Arizona. I think Since we just... were coinless two weeks ago, Ty is always on the ball ready. He's like, I got it. Come on. I got you. It's burning in my hands. Right. I got change like Obama. Let's do it. <laughs> well, I wrote it. Yeah, that's right. And Ty, yeah, Ty went Arizona too. Went Arizona. All of us we got Dat. Dat. Adt. Dat. Dat. Yeah. All right, now getting into back into college football. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm gonna step on camera for a second. Oh yeah, you're good. Yeah. Um, first college football playoff rankings came in, and mm. uh, there's some, quite a bit of com- controversy. Oh, absolutely. Controversy. Uh, just go ahead and go through the picks on the one through four, and we'll uh, see where we're at. Uh, the one them. through four is is ex- isn't where the controversy starts. Oh, sorry, you got, the, yeah. yeah, you're fine, uh, but. So you had Bama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, uh-huh. and then the first two out were the two one-loss SEC teams, of mm. course, uh, A&M and Florida. And then Cincinnati right outside of that, sitting out undefeated. Uh, Northwestern's obviously going to fall this week because they, uh, they, they lost, lost this week to uh, Michigan State. But BYU. Bad, who, bad game. Let's just talk about oh, that. Oh, really, yeah, really bad Northwestern was not the team that showed up in the past couple weeks to no, upset I, other teams. It maybe showed how much that the – disrespect that the media gave them the week before played into how mm. well they played against Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. And maybe showed some flaws overall in Wisconsin. Um, but uh, the biggest controversy was uh, BYU being all the way down to 14th. Yeah, that just doesn't seem fair, especially with the way Zach Wilson's been playing and the teams that Can't they... factor in quarterback play when you don't play. I know, I know. Quarterback play has no bearing on... But the amount they've scored it versus does, like... It doesn't matter. <sighs> Man. They have not played anyone. I know. I get why they're low. I don't get why they're this low. Um, I, I still think, they think be that they. Sh- yes, I, I agree with that. Um, unfortunately, they're so being an independent team with no real ties to a conference right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of got screwed by COVID. Right. It's basically, when certain conferences went down to just conference-only play and stuff like that, they lost mm-hmm. a lot of games and had to replace those games on their schedule, unfortunately, with Sunbelt and uh, <clears throat> teams from bad conferences. So their, right. their strength of schedule isn't going to be good enough at all, even with their last few games, to move up. Mm. Uh, at least not move up a whole lot. Right. They, there's been talk of maybe if, <clears throat> if both Cincinnati and them feel that it could help one of them get into that top four at the end, that they could play each other on championship weekend mm-hmm. uh, to try to bolster one or the other's resume. But I would like that if Cincy did that. I, I would love that. Would, that. that would be an I awesome matchup. Those are two really fun teams, fun quarterbacks, good coaching, that if if mm-hmm. they met, I honestly, I think that BYU could obviously 
play with Cincinnati. I, th I think Cincinnati is very good, coached mm -hmm. by Luke Fickle. Um, but BYU, I know we, we've been harping on them all year because of the quarterback play, mainly because of the prospect. Right. But overall, that team w would be able to compete with Cincinnati. And I, th I think if, if it could help, both of, if both are undefeated, it's a no-brainer mm. in my opinion to try to schedule that matchup on the conference championship weekend to try to bolster one or the other's resume because the loser is still probably getting into a big six bowl game. Oh, should be, should, should at least. <clears throat> should be. Because uh, there's, I mean, there's still a lot of matchups left to go for the teams ahead of them. I mean, like we said, Northwestern just got beat, so they're going to fall. Right. Georgia still has to play a couple teams up there. Miami still has to play some teams Does up Georgia there. Does Georgia still have to play Bama? Georgia already played Bama. They lost to them. Oh, right, right, right. Correct. Um, <clears throat> Oklahoma and Iowa State still play, um, potentially, in the Big 12 championship. Mm. Indiana probably has some matchups up there, I assume. Maybe, well, maybe not. Well, we'll see what happens um, because uh, Penix also, hurt his uh, leg. Penix, so. Penix had surgery. Correct. Yeah. He's for the 20 CL out for the yeah. year. Done. But offense, offense didn't really miss a beat without him. That's what I was going to bring up is they actually they have a, a transfer from Utah who was like a, a four or five. So he was a very t how, uh, highly touted quarterback mm. coming to Utah and yeah. lost the starting job, transferred over right. to uh, Indiana. I'm sure thinking that he was going to start. Right. And so here's uh, uh, it's, it's Stutter or something like that. Is They played two different quarterbacks. One was more of a passer. Um, I hate to break it down this way, but they put in a white kid that was more of a passer. And then they had an African-American quarterback that they RPO. brought up in, in no, just basically running situations. He was oh, okay. just goal line running. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> and, I mean, like I said, Splitting those situations between those quarterbacks, I think, uh, was they they did it perfectly because sometimes when you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one right. uh, in those situations. But they, like I said, they only use the running quarterback near the goal line in in those situations. And the the kid that came in and was the passer did an incredible job. He was highly efficient. Jack Tuttle is his name. Jack yeah, Tuttle. he's the transfer from Utah. Okay, completed all five of his pass attempts for thirty one yards. And, yeah, they're pretty high on him moving forward. Right. All right. Well, we'll see. Could uh, see a more – force them to change up their offense. But, I mean, Tom Allen sure. has definitely displayed that he is – he has a great deal of ability to alter game plans if he needs to. He's, right. he's mm. pretty amenable there. Yeah. And another situation to look out there is, is if Notre Dame somehow does beat – or somehow, they, they can play with Clemson. But right. Uh, if they beat Clemson a second time, Clemson's completely out of that top four. Mm -hmm. yeah. So Cincinnati sitting at seven, and Florida and A&M being right outside there, someone in that Bama, A&M, Florida groups kind of fall out of that, yeah. out right. of that top six. So Cincinnati can easily get to that top six. BYU can easily get to the top ten. If those two teams can play each other for, just for strength of schedule purposes, can absolutely bump one of them up into the top four. Yep. Um, I really hope that that matchup happens. They, they talked about it on one of the college football live shows this week, and I, I said it last week to you guys off afterwards, but BYU turned down a matchup with Washington, uh, and the coach came out and was like, we didn't turn down anything. And it's like, yeah, you didn't. Mm -hmm. You Your team, I don't think that their team was like, no, we don't want to play Washington. I think they do think we, can, we will play anyone, mm -hmm. anywhere, anytime, and we will – compete i think the school but did. the school absolutely <laughs> yeah. turned down that match yeah that's yeah. that's public information right now that's that's fact so they're gonna have to do something if they want to actually be able to compete up there because like where they're at right now that's borderline not even being able to get into the big six mm -hmm. mm. um so 
other than that, there's not really much controversy. Eight. How many? How many numbers? How many fingers am I holding up there? Eight. Eight, eight, eight team play. playoff. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Do it, please. I was like, I don't care if it gets. This? I don't care if it gets three SEC teams in. Give no. us an eight team playoff. Right. Absolutely. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Big tw- or uh, Pac-12 is probably eliminated. Uh, Pac-12, I would say I texted you guys yesterday. I think they have as good a shot at this point now as the Big 12 does of fielding a team. Right. And I would say, actually, the Big 12 probably has a better shot. Yeah, I mean. Now better being like 2% to 1%, but still. But the, the strength of schedule Who won that Texas game this weekend? Iowa State. Iowa State, right? Yeah. Iowa State. Iowa State's yeah. in. That's one of the points I actually want to bring up. Iowa State is actually making their first football conference championship game ever. And if they win, it will be their first conference title since the Titanic sank. So that would be 1912 for yes. those of you out there. Yes, who and that are was the Missouri Valley uneducated Conference. in that regard. They were in the Missouri Valley Conference at that point, and they actually got a share of the division. I want to say with Kansas State one year mm-hmm. um, under Dan McCarney, and Kansas State won the head-to-head matchup. So that's what got Kansas State into the mm-hmm. title game ahead of them. But this. I mean, Matt Campbell, we've talked about it a few times. He'll be up for some huge jobs. Mm. The one thing with that Duncan brought up, he has a lot of talent coming back next year at Iowa State. A legit Heisman Trophy candidate in Brees Hall, who yep. absolutely should be getting more run for Heisman candidacy this year. If the quarterback play wasn't absolutely yep. ridiculous, he'd be in the top three. Uh, and then Brock Purdy, who is – we discussed a little bit last week, and I, I can see your point. You know, Spencer Rattler is definitely more talented, but I think Kyler Murray – or I'm sorry, Kyler Murray, good God. Brock Purdy <laughs> would be the most talented uh, returning quarterback – or the, not the most talented, but the best returning quarterback in the Big 12 next year. And I think that I could completely understand Campbell walking away to a Michigan job or, or someplace else, but I uh, that's going to be something where – there aren't a lot of coaches out there that want to see something through. And when you have a special group like that coming back, that might be the situation where you do want to see that one more year. And with mm-hmm. how young he is, like there, yeah. he's going to have plenty of opportunities to get big jobs. Right? Yep. I mean, yeah, as a Michigan fan, I, ho- I, I know you probably hope that he's willing no, to absolutely. interview I, I and would love that. consider that job. Because I honestly think that's the slam dunk hire that they could make. Yep. But you also uh, like you also want that coach to stick with his players and stick with his kids, you know, like that sort right. of stuff. Yeah. And get what you can being get able for. to have that You're here, that, there's nothing to that fear. Special season at Iowa State in the non COVID year where they can like actually go in and beat all their rivals. Go in and win the Big Twelve outright and not saying that they can't this year, but it's it's a different weird year. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, there's for a lot of reasons, there are going to be asterisks next to a lot of stuff this year. Uh, people maybe see it that way. I really don't care either way. It's it's going to be forgotten overall later down the line. But I'm one of those guys. <laughs> yeah, because your team sucked this year. Yeah, I'm one of the asterisks guys. <laughs> we have, we've often talked about this on the show. I'm that guy who's like, well, there's an asterisk next to it. This is 2020. Yeah, I mean, all of your teams except for like. I don't want to talk about it, okay? <laughs> it's COVID. It affected the way we play. Even sports. your basketball team, they there was a heated incident on the sidelines yesterday. I don't want to talk about sorry, it. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Playing uh, our own state, too. <laughs> other headlines. Uh, Bama dominated Auburn without saving. Out Waddle. Yeah. Uh, God, that Bama team's so good. Um, I think they're... 
Yeah, they're number one, and it it might not even really be very close right now. I think that they would just destroy Notre Dame. Yeah, we and we say without Waddle. Yeah, there's another wide receiver that's Devontae probably going to go Smith. top twenty. Devonte Smith probably have two to two to three more. Yeah, it's not just Devonte Smith. There's there's another kid even right behind him who's right up there talent wise mm-hmm. with them. Can't, Do you think we'll see two in me. the first round again? Not this year. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know last year with two, two, two wide receivers in the first round. No, I'm saying two Alabama, Alabama wide receivers. No, I do. In the first round. You think I think Smith and, really? and Waddle both go. I haven't seen Smith project in the first round a whole lot. Of that. The the most recent one that I looked at that when I was telling you last week or the week before that Zach second. Wilson going five. It had Devontae Smith going right around twenty. No way. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. That's I. I mean, uh, I, the, the earliest I've seen him is right around forty. Right. No, I've, this is and this was one I looked at. It was just as of recent, recent of, of like That's, two weeks ago. That'd be the most insane run so, of wow. wide receivers we've ever seen. Yeah, would yeah, absolutely. Four wide receivers in the first round in two years. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how he tests out and everything when they when at the combine and whatnot. Right. But yes, yeah. yeah, that's going to be huge for him. That's well, awesome. Waddle yeah, goes first were, round for sure, though. People were uh, confused why he didn't leave last year, but it was just such a good wide receiver class that he could have gotten lost in the shuffle. Yeah, and then this, this was his opportunity to be able to display himself right. as one of the top two receivers on the and, team. And, yeah, yeah and this is Waddle getting injured. Yeah, this is nothing against Waddle whatsoever. Is We've talked about this before, is that wide receiver class was so deep that a player like Waddle would have been a second or third round talent, but it's probably a first round talent. But he could have gotten lost because of the different scheme fits for our receivers. You know, Minnesota being like, ah, Justin Jefferson, you're our guy. Which well, Waddle, is paid Waddle couldn't leave. We're talking about Devontae Smith. Didn't leave oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Waddle was a true sophomore. Oh, a sophomore. Yeah. Freshman or sophomore. He's, yeah, yeah, he's, he was a true sophomore. Yeah, my fault. Yeah. Because uh, Waddle. If, Smith, yeah. everyone thought was leaving. He, yeah. if, he now actually has the Alabama record for yep. most touchdowns um, among yeah. everyone. Great names, um, so, obviously. Yeah, so. Waddle's got the elite speed. That's mm. the thing with him. Like, he. There's a legit chance that he goes into his either pro day or, or uh, the combine, and if he runs a sub four three, we're talking about a guy who's probably shooting into the top ten. Yeah, uh, with his injury, probably won't run at the combine. I wouldn't assume. Then that's why I said pro day, yeah, like, pro day, like probably more likely. Like, but oh, man, yeah. sometimes that's so sketchy though, because there's those pro day reports that come out where it's just like well, he it's ran all a hand f- time, yeah, exactly. So there's no he ran a four time. two, and it's like one two three. <laughs> he ran a three second forty. <laughs> it's how what? I count. It's how I count my forties, where I'm like <laughs> I ran a four forty. You, do, you do see it a lot that like three tenths or five between three and five tenths of a second get dropped off of a forty, and we're like. That's very hard to do. Like, trust the combine one. Like, yes. if they run at the combine and at the pro day, always trust the combine. I run a I run a three it's, second forty. I just counted every third second. That's basically yeah. what it was. Every fourth second, you know, right around, <laughs> right around twelve seconds, get winded around the twenty yard line, fall over, and die. You know? <laughs> Stuff like that. You, you should probably go to a doctor, man. <laughs> <laughs> go on without me. You're at the twenty, sir. <laughs> But college football season only has a few weeks left, so we'll, all Let's this round it out. Yeah, Man, sad. Like football's almost over. About three, yeah, th- well, two weeks until three. No, three weeks until conference conference title games. Yeah. Yep, and then the playoff will start on uh, New Year's Eve. I want to say New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. Thank God, K State has one more game, and just just get this season <laughs> over with, man. Yeah. Just. Absolute rough stretch since we've lost Skyward Thompson. Yeah, just hit it next year, man. Uh, great run for Iowa. Finally ranked. <laughs> yes. Ranked in the top 25, finally. But, yeah, uh, 
moving on to college basketball, we did got, got to see a little bit of uh, action this week. We were talking off camera. Gonzaga's legit Ridiculous. number one, looks like it at least at this point. We will know after the next three weeks mm-hmm. if they are head and shoulders the best team in the country because they have already played two ranked matchups and have three left to go, I want to say. Uh, three of those matchups being top ten. Yes. They have Iowa. They have Baylor. Uh, Baylor. They've already played Kansas. And then there was a number. Who was in the number eleven team that we were just talking about? That they actually uh, West Virginia. West Virginia, who's number eleven. Uh, Kansas uh, honestly played a great game against uh, Gonzaga for about three quarters of the game. Ended up losing by twelve, but they just kept getting in a situation where they would get it down to like three points or even tied at at one point, and Gonzaga would just go on a run. You're just seeing this is a this is a different time for KU. They've lost. I mean, losing losing Azabuke is such a huge, huge loss yeah. in the middle of that in the middle of that defense for them because that guy Absolutely. keyed everything they wanted to do on defense. Well, losing Dotson too. Right. And, well, yeah, Dotson was your so, distributor. He was yeah. he was a bulldog at point guard, and yep. now you have to ask Marcus Garrett to be he's your most veteran, experienced player coming back, or <laughs> Baji, and Baji was always kind of hit or miss, but. I just KU has always seemed to have that one player returning at guard who you can be like this guy has star potential. This guy is going to be a guy who could by the end of the season he's going to be in that race for national player of the year. He's, he's going to be a guy who's going to key. He's right. going to be yeah a guy who just keys you know another Big Twelve tournament run and a, and a potential NCAA tournament run. I don't think and I, I'm not going to speak for KU fans. I don't think Marcus Garrett's that guy and I. I would imagine a lot of KU fans don't have the confidence in him that they have in the past in a Devontae right. Graham or a Frank Mason or, or a uh, Devon Dotson. And I came away from the Gonzaga game thinking that KU played too many guys, too. I, they played, it, it seemed like they played about like 11 to 12 different guys. Which is, they had super tall, mat, like a super tall lineup and then one with a bunch of smaller weight. Like, as, as horrible as it sounds, it felt like they were out of practice trying to figure out yes. their team's combination I of players. I actually said that to my roommate, who's a KU fan. He's like, well, I, don't, I don't get what they're doing with these li- lineups. I was like, I think Self is trying to just figure out who can play. Which, right. and in an offseason like this where you didn't get to have mm-hmm. as much practice time, it makes sense that you're going to use some games to do that. It's unfortunate that that game would be against the number one team in the country. Right. But because we are used to seeing KU traditionally have an eight, maybe nine-man lineup. Mm-hmm. Right. And just run usually the same group of three guards and, and then, you know, a couple of the bigs and then play a little bit more small ball. Yeah. And, yeah, they just don't – this is such an – there's so many unknowns on this roster. Mm-hmm. Usually by this point in time, like you said, they already have – you know your, your starting five, you mm-hmm. know your three branch players, and you're good. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. At least with KU. Really looking forward to that uh, matchup between Iowa, obviously, as it being, being an Iowa fan. But you get the best mm-hmm. team versus the f- head and shoulders favorite to win mm-hmm. National Player of the Year. And he came out and looked like in the first two games, averaging 34 points and 10 rebounds yeah. through two games. He's got work to do. That's just <laughs> terrible. At 36 points and a half in the second <sighs> game. Wait, week. Yeah. yeah. Lucas, and he hasn't really shown garbage a whole lot other than just his post dominance. He he worked on his his three point game. Like Luca, still has a lot to show people. Like mm. I feel comfortable saying that. And that that matchup actually falls on. Uh, the same day as the conference championship weekend for football. Ugh. So that's a huge day for sports. Like, it's going to be – and the Big Ten, actually, in football plays – every single team in the conference still plays that day. Mm. Uh, they're doing every 
the divisions basically cross one, one yeah. yeah, one 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 through uh, seven versus seven. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's gonna be a fun day. Uh, like I said there there's still a lot to figure out about college basketball because a lot of the blue blood teams they're they're right near the top ten mm-hmm. or like right outside that top five area, but I mean Kentucky just lost to Virginia, or not Virginia, uh, Richmond. Richmond went the spiders from, went from unranked to being ranked in the top ten in the coaches' poll this week. Uh, it's crazy. Now they play KU tomorrow. Yep. That's yeah. big matchup. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like Kansas, Duke, and Michigan State are all right outside that that top five group, and they we all know like those type of teams. They usually get better as the season goes mm-hmm. on, especially in this COVID year. Like they're trying to figure things out. Uh, because recruiting was also very different last year because of COVID. Oh, yeah. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the, all that plays out. And I, I mean, from what I've seen of Gonzaga, they are head and shoulders better than everyone else that, yes. I've, that I've seen. It's n- unreal how deep they are. And you and I were talking off camera before we came back that this is their opportunity to go out and show. Like, absolutely. Like, yeah. Mm. If they come out of this, even with just one loss, I think that proves that they, they yeah. are unequivocally the number one team yeah. in the country. Absolutely. Unless they lose to Iowa, then Iowa's number one. Clearly. Oh, well, Clearly. naturally. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Well, well, I, I, I don't know how I forgot to make that point. I feel, I feel terrible. Well, man. Like, Iowa's third now, and that's yeah. number one. If they beat the number one team, oh. they're the number one team. That's how it works. But that's weeks away. A lot of a lot of big matchups. I think Iowa has to play North Carolina before mm. then. Um, yeah, and then the whole Big Ten slate. There's, I think, well, Big Ten has number three, four, and five in the in the rankings yeah. right now. And then the next ranked actually is isn't until Ohio State, who's all the way down to 23rd. Mm. Michigan's right outside the top 25. Yeah, uh, it's the best conference overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's. They always beat up on each other. That's, yeah. That's why people are like, oh, the Big Ten isn't that great. Look at all these teams with six or seven losses. Yeah. Like, and no, don't go make, don't go far in the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they usually have like one or two teams that make it really far in the tournament, but for the most part, right. they, but they haven't had a team win the tournament since Michigan State, I want to say, which was. Yeah, it's Michigan State. 98. 99. 99. 99. Yeah. 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 So, we had Michigan go. Yeah, yeah. That was the. Two uh, championships, but not be able to pull. Morris Peterson and. Yeah, you played uh, some great teams, though. Yeah. Wait, Who was hey. the point guard? Mateen Cleaves, 99. Yeah. yeah. So that's something that Big Ten needs to get over that hump. They, they've been the toughest conference for the last few years, but they haven't, they haven't gotten that championship win it's, for the conference. So. It's been something where the Big 12 has struggled with as well. I mean, obviously you've got so much of the dominance with KU, mm. but one of the reasons that it's, it's been such a struggle in the Big 12 to see a team jump up and be able to legitimately challenge KU until finally Texas a couple Tech. years ago Tech and K-State won, mm. t- uh, shared the Big 12 championship. Yep. Uh, but – that's because that second tier after KU spends so much time beating up on each other. Right. And you see teams cycle in and out of that. You know, there's years where it's West Virginia, Iowa State, Kansas State. Right. There's years where it's Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, mm-hmm. Baylor. I mean, hell, we've seen TCU and Tech yep. have, have relevant seasons last year. I mean, Tech went all the way to the national title game. Yep. Came awfully close to being the one to finally do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just, yeah, they spend so much time beating up on each other. and. Yep. It's going to be a rough year for K-State this year, but K-State might be the only Big Ten team, or excuse me, Big 12 team. We're Big Ten. We're, we're the Big 12 with 10 teams. So, um, But we might be the only team to not make the tournament. Yeah. And 
like this is K State just finally got their first win tonight, and I was beating UMKC. It ended up only being a four-point victory. We've lost our first two games to Drake in Colorado. We played our first game on Tuesday, and we didn't even have full five-on-five practice until the Friday before because of COVID and everything. I mean, that's like this. This just and they they returned two upperclassmen, and that's it. So they're bringing in all new teams or all new players. It's rough, yeah. We can't. uh, I mean. I think you're going to see a lot of slow starts of, and then teams like turn it on. Mm-hmm. And it might be too late. Like, yep. Won't make the tournament because they're like, oh, well, you figured it out way yep. too late. Yeah. Conference title game or conference tournaments are going to be huge for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, for yeah. those teams that trying to figure it out early and lost some games that maybe shouldn't, maybe see Kentucky in that situation. They just, yeah. I just said, lost to Richmond. Not that the SEC is not overall that deep. So, mm. I mean, they should be fine overall, but you just never know. Like, yeah. those. Those early season matchups where you you lose games you shouldn't can cost you later in the season if you're right on that bubble. Um, but we'll have more on college basketball because there's a lot of key matchups still coming up this week. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I said, we West Virginia versus Gonzaga tomorrow. So, yeah, um, yeah we'll we'll keep you guys updated on all that. There, and what we think. Go ahead. Sorry, no, sorry. I was I was gonna say there was one real cool story that just happened Stop. that I wanted to mention, and that was we saw a. Woman play in a Power Five conference game for the first time in history. And so you saw Sarah Fuller, who is a kicker on the Vanderbilt squad. And unfortunately, they got got smoked 41 to to zip by Mizzou. And so, yeah, she never got a field goal or an extra point attempt. But she, yeah, she did kick off in the second half, becoming the first player to actually participate in a game, the first woman. Yep. And uh, that's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And I wish that uh, insecure men would get off their high horses with that uh, a lot of guys who don't know how to kick i can't kick social shit. media um mm. trying to critique a kick that was clearly a designed squib kick yeah, uh, yeah. she actually kicked the ball perfectly uh people if you get on any post about it on social media it's actually kind of disgusting yeah uh what you'll see um a lot of guys that don't understand what squib kicks are mm-hmm. um and i I was told I put this perfectly to uh, a girl that I used to work with, works in the Iowa Athletic Department, made a post about it. And I was like, unfortunately, insecure men hate it when women live out their dreams. Yeah. Right. And we are seeing a lot of that. And, and I hate that. And it's, I mean, she's like, and there's been other female kickers, but just right. never in the Power Five. You know, I remember mm-hmm. Katie Knighted about a little, a little under 20 years ago at uh, New Mexico. And she was at Colorado as a kicker initially. And that was to this point of all these disgusting things that men do. Right. She got sexually abused by assaulted by members in her own locker room. And it's absolutely nightmarish situation. And it's, it's, it's awesome to finally see some movement in the right direction. But of course there's always going to be those assholes who just can't handle the fact that change is happening in this world. Mm. And that's unfortunate, but it was it was cool to have Derek Mason, who unfortunately did get fired yesterday at Vanderbilt as the head coach, mm-hmm. uh, but he had plans of moving forward with her as the kicker for the right. rest of the season. I mean, he was kind of it was it was an awkward position because they had their kicking, all, pretty much all the kickers they had on scholarship, either get injured or, or suffer from COVID, yeah. and that's where he then went to this. She was on this the women's soccer team yeah. and mm-hmm. said, "Hey, let's would you like to do this?" And yeah. absolutely, she let's jumped at it, yeah. and it was it was a really cool moment. That combined with something that we haven't mentioned yet, with. Uh, Last month, when or it was earlier this month, but when the Marlins hired mm. Kim Ng as their general manager, becoming the first female general manager, like key executive 
in a program in a, in yeah. a, on a franchise of any of the four major sports. Yeah, she'd been the assistant GM since like 1998. Yeah, she like, she knows. Yeah, people oh, are yeah. like, oh, there's just the Marlins, just you know, going out and trying to make a headline. No, this is Derek Jeter and his people. Like they yeah. they are paying attention. They know baseball people. She built helped build the teams, the yeah. great teams that Jeter was on. Right. Like. Yeah, it's it's just cool to see between Kimming and in, in, in a position like that. We're seeing Sarah Fuller, first female in Power Five. Like, right. it's yeah. a changes. moment, and that's yeah. like something yeah. that you like really just root for. Uh, I mean, and I'll also mention something that's like close to my heart as well, um, which is uh, Chris. Uh, I get his name wrong all the time, but Chris Nykik, mm-hmm. uh the uh, first athlete, 21 years old, completed the Ironman with Down syndrome. It's one of those things where it's like these are like monumental moments that we are breaking barriers yep, and it absolutely. needs to like it needs to continue happening um and you know all respect for that entire team mm-hmm. and the entire team behind sarah fuller and the entire team behind uh Kim Ning. it was it's been a fantastic thing and i i hope to see more of these events in the future yeah. because it needs to happen yeah you're seeing those ceiling those glass ceilings finally getting shattered and it's about damn time absolutely uh Another note: They did the SEC did give Sarah Fuller the special teams co-special teams yep. player of the week. I saw that. Uh, of course, it was criticized, but a long snapper for Purdue who survived uh, leukemia. I want to say, or no, I can't. I can't remember offhand. Mm-hmm. He, was, he survived cancer of some sort. Um, was given special teams player of the year a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and was. Lauded for it, like the Big Ten was lauded for giving him that. What's because the difference? A, yeah, what's the difference here? Minus, like, just short-sighted people. In, yeah, in, exactly. In the same fact, like, this is this is a barrier. This is something that they set a goal for themselves. They came back, yeah. or, well, sorry, or no, he sorry. came back. It was Minnesota. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh yes, yes, I do remember that. Yeah, it was la- just last year on their on their run to the Big Big Ten championship game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but. It's, it doesn't it's matter just, the situation exactly. behind the story. Inspirational right. is inspirational, yep. and so mm-hmm. there's, it, like, it's just there's. Yeah. We see it all the time. There's just a lot of short-sighted people in this world that Definitely. see something and decide just to to downplay it or to just fully criticize and show hatred towards it. And, Absolutely. Right. You know, those are the, those are. Uh, there, there's a lot more of the good guys out there winning, and this is this is showing it. Right. So. Absolutely. I uh I and I know this is like kind of this doesn't compare at all, but um, when my dad and I coached Pop Warner football. There's a couple of uh, female quarterbacks that would play, and this was like obviously like we're you know young, young, and all that stuff. But uh, my dad always had the saying: he was like, I would rather have a female quarterback on my team or a female player on my team than some male players because the female players are hungry. He goes because they have something to prove. Mm-hmm. And if you have a player that has something to prove, they're going to make it happen. And he yep. would much rather have that than anything else. Sure. Yeah, I'd rather have someone who wants to be there. Right. Absolutely. Um, that's all we have for today. Uh, We'll see you next week. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you fifteen percent or more." But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 
El COVID-19 sigue contagiando al país, pero todos podemos poner de nuestra parte para combatirlo. Al vacunarse, no solo se protege a sí mismo, sino también protege a sus seres queridos. Así que cuando llegue el momento, esté listo para decirle a todos, yo me apunto a vacunarme. Si tiene alguna duda sobre la vacuna o está listo para inscribirse, visite vacunatehoy.org para más información. Eso es vacunatehoy.org. Un mensaje de LULAC, la Liga de Ciudadanos Latinoamericanos Unidos.